All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Halloween. What's up, everybody? Welcome into an October 31st, 2022 edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. Mike, happy Halloween. What's going on? What's your costume? Same to you, Frank. My costume is what you're looking at, unfortunately. I've been so busy, I haven't had anything good. I thought about putting a jack-o'-lantern on my head for this, but I don't know. I thought that might have been a little much. You got any big plans for the evening? I don't. Uh, do you, could a jack-o'-lantern fit on that dome of yours or what? Yeah, it's very average size, seven and three-eighths to be exact. Thanks, Frank. I'm a seven and a quarter, just for reference, so a little smaller. Um, okay. Yeah, let's stop talking inches. Uh, let's start talking pucks, and let's, uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. I couldn't find a costume big enough to fit this guy, so... Uh, Yeah, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs who are off to a scary start and things got a little bit worse as their road trip out west ended with a thud, an overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks and with a team that was holding a 3-1 to lead in the third period against statistically maybe the worst team in the league in the Ducks. And we're talking before the game about it being a character statement game, a chance to really right the ship. What did you see from the Toronto Maple Leafs and what's your level of concern with their start to this season? I've got a pretty big concern, and I didn't like last night's game at all in the way that the Maple Leafs managed the puck, the way they didn't close it out. You're up 3-1 to against the Ducks, and I don't care if it's a back-to-back situation or not. When you've lost three straight games in a row, 
like the Toronto Maple Leafs had going into last night, yesterday's game with Anaheim, and you have a lead like three to one going into third, and then you try to give it away, like it was four three Anaheim until they had a goal called back. It was brutal, and, and I think that at this stage, Sheldon Keefe's just kind of pulling his hair out. He's tried everything. He's been the benevolent guy. He's been the tough guy. He's met, mash, mismatched all the lines all around. I'm not sure where they go right now, Frank, because they're a little beat up, but man, they don't have the drive to win these games. They don't have the mentality right now, it feels like, and their top lines aren't getting it done. Like Matthews, Tavares, they have one goal five on five this year combined between the two of them. That's not going to win the Maple Leafs hockey games. And then the elephant in the room is that Eric Schalgren hasn't won a game yet. Matt Murray has it when he played. The only goalie that's won has been Sam Sonoff. And you look at yeah. the wraparound goal last night, man, like they're not getting the goaltending to win these tight games either. Well, I was going to point that out and say, Shalgren at this point, I think we've seen enough evidence to suggest that he's not ready to be an NHL goalie yet. He may be at some point in his career, but he's not there yet. And to hang your hat on him at this moment, as well as Samsonov has played, he can't carry the ball all season long. You're going to need to spell your guy. And you would have needed to be in a spot where you accounted for the idea of Matt Murray being injured at some point. We've already talked about that. Yeah. To me, it's way more of an eye test thing than a metrics thing for the Leafs. There's just been games when they look off. They look like they're um, listless. You know, you saw the game yeah. in Vegas. They even got comfortable, too comfortable, for a stretch in Anaheim after it sort of felt like they might have been turning the corner. Austin Matthews had a solid shift to start, then gets that power play goal, and you're thinking, okay, maybe this team's going to roll on here, and, and this they're going to find a way to figure it out. But I think there's significant question marks about Sheldon Keefe and their staff moving forward, particularly yeah. after calling out Mitch Marner on the bench, pointing towards him during the game that I think, you know, it certainly lends itself potentially to some friction, even though accountability may be in order. Yeah, he benched him. He benched Marner. Like, there's no clearer message. And I mean, Frank, if Toronto goes back into into Toronto, as Maple Leafs play on Wednesday night against Philly and they lose at home, can you imagine what could happen? There might be jerseys all over the ice, man. Like, it's going to be a fever pitch if they don't win that game. Yeah, the temperature is already pretty high in Toronto, and it just feels like when you watch this team from top of the organization to the bottom, it feels a little bit like they're cracking under pressure, to, which to think 10 games into the season in Anaheim in October, uh, that probably shouldn't be the case. There shouldn't be that much pressure on that game. It is Halloween. Let's play a little trick or treat. I'm going to throw some teams at you, and you're going to tell me whether their start to the season is a trick or a treat. Philadelphia Flyers, trick or treat? Well, this is a trick because right now Carter Hart is absolutely carrying the Philadelphia Flyers. He's 5-0-1 on the season. He's averaging 38 shots against per game. His goal save above expected is at nine right now, Frank, in those six games. So Hart is making at least one, one and a half more saves than he should a game for this club. They haven't been great defensively, but they still have found a way to grind out wins. So I think it's a treat right now. Or Sorry, I think it's a trick where uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are in the standings. But I do think that the culture's changed there. So a little bit better. I got one for you, Frank. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they may have lost in overtime against the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday, but they're second in the Central Division. So are they a trick or a treat for you? I think they're a treat. Um, I think when you look at the job that Connor Hellebuck has done in net, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a 931 save percentage goalie all season long. But as a perennial Vezina candidate, I think someone that can clearly carry this team into the playoffs uh, I think there have been some better signs in terms of their overall team gameplay. Uh, I think they could use a bit more of a scoring punch, which I'd imagine at some point they'll get. Pretty surprised to see Josh Morrissey leading that team in points. 
uh, at this juncture of the season. And so um, I picked the Jets to be a playoff team. Not everyone was as confident. Uh, maybe I was a year ahead on the Jets, but I think the Jets are a team that could certainly sustain their start to the season. Hellebuck's been sick, what about, man. So yeah, good. Hell, like Hellebuck's been really Vegas, good. He was unbelievable. Yeah. And I was going to say, what about Vegas? Trick or treat? Uh, I think right now it's it's a treat, man. I, I'm not sure what anybody expected with Cassidy leading that club. They've been really good. They've played really, really strong defensively, and their goaltending is, has lived up to the task with Hill and Thompson. I think they're going to be able to sustain it this year. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not quite as sold. Like, 8-2, and two, I think Vegas has certainly been way better than I thought they would, and I think they're overall – outside of their goaltending like you you were on the mm -hmm. thompson train from the beginning of the season saying that you thought he could be really good um so i think that's definitely a, a positive for them the way that he started but i didn't expect the rest of their team to necessarily be as good as it's been their goal scoring has been on point and i think more to the point um their defense has been way better than i thought that plus 15 goal differential looms pretty large uh second in the nhl second best to this mm -hmm. point so uh the vegas golden knights you know, I think they have been a treat to this point. So uh, certainly yeah. believe they're among the teams in the Pacific that can contend uh, to win that division, Mike. Yeah, and you know, it's not it's not a great division. So they're going to be able to rack up wins. We'll see how it plays out when you get towards playoff time. But they've been better under Cassidy. Eichel looked like a beast last night. Um, I just question if that power play can get going. That's the one question mark for that club. Yeah, let's talk about some trick-or-treats at the player level as well. When you look at Valerie Nachushkin, at one point he was leading the league and scoring with seven goals. He's got 12 points in seven games after signing a massive contract with the Colorado Avalanche this past offseason. Val Nachushkin as a north of point per game player. Trick or treat? I think that's a trick, Frank. And I don't think it's going to be my much. I think Nachushkin will regress more towards his traditional stat line of being a little bit under a point a game, but he looks amazing. Like he's playing hard, driving in the net, uh, doing all those little things. But his shooting percentage right now, he's at 27%, and he's a career like 10, 11% guy. So I, I do think he'll have an uptick, but this is going to be a career year for him. He's not quite going to lead like he has been. So I, I got one for you, though, out in Edmonton, Frank. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, this guy's got 11 points in nine games. Is this a trick or treat? Like, are we seeing a new R&H out there? I think this is a trick, and I understand the success that he's had. Um, and when you take a look at it, um, you know, out of the 11 points that he's had to this point, six of them have been on the power play. And I think that's sort of been the big question mark about R&H. You know, if, if outside of his power play production – you know, how much are you getting out of him? What is he going to do for you at five on five and even strength? And it's definitely been better. Um, you know, I, I just think at this point, he's off to a really hot start and I'd be really surprised to see it continue anywhere near this pace. We've seen a lot of history to suggest, you know, sort of mid sixties is his type of ceiling. Um, and to think mm -hmm. that he'd sort of be point per game or north of it, I think that's a trick to start this year. When you take a look at some of the other guys that have been off to crazy starts, um, what, do you, what do you think about a guy like Gabe Velarde in Los Angeles? 11 points in 10 games, seven goals already, trick or treat? That's a straight up treat. I mean, that stat line for a player who's just kind of coming in his own, I don't know if it's gonna be sustainable, I always say that, but the way I see Velarde play now, Frank, like 
I'm impressed with it. And I think that they need that club. It's been a treat. Uh, and I got another one out in the West Coast. I think Eric, Eric Carlson's been a real treat for the San Jose Sharks. Like 11 points in 11 games. He's leading all the defense. And here's the thing. He's playing number one minutes unquestionably. That didn't happen with Brent Burns taking up air out there. That's always been when Carlson's been at his best. And listen, you know you're not going to get the most defensive player, but you're going to get somebody who can really skate when he has that puck. We've seen more of that from Carlson. I think it's been a treat for the San Jose fans this year. Yeah, I agree. It's a treat. I think as the cap continues to increase, perhaps the Sharks have a better asset on their hands to move than we might imagine. You think about a three to five, six billion dollar increase in the cap coming up over these next handful of seasons. He's got four seasons remaining, a juicy cap hit and term. Uh, but for a team that's trending in the wrong direction, take a took a deep dive on his stats and and underlying numbers from that last season. And Eric Carlson was still quite impressive. So. Um, Eric Carlson, I'm I'm buying that as a treat. Uh, by the mm -hmm. way, Mike, quick question: Halloween candy? Are you a chocolate guy? Gummy candy? What do you What do you like? Oh, gummies, love. It. I mean, uh, like Skittles, Swedish Fish, love them. Sour. But Patch you know what? Kids. I don't really just I I really don't discriminate when it comes to candy. I try to limit myself and not keep it in the house. Yeah, so uh, love to play trick or treat. You know who's not been a trick to start the year is the New Jersey Devils, Mike. I've been talking uh, last week, I mentioned on the DFO rundown, watch out for the Devils because a lot of their underlying numbers seem to indicate some success was coming. If they could just get some goaltending, they've gotten a bit of that from Vitek Vanacek to this point uh, in the season. Blackwood strung together a couple games before he was uh, dinged up again. And when you look at the start of the New Jersey Devils, who have won three in a row and have been uh, right at the top of the Metropolitan Division standings to this point. What stands out? What impresses you? Well, they're crushing it five on five, Frank, which plays into what you said about underlying numbers. They have possessed the puck. They've played with speed up and down that lineup. It's, it's impressive to see how they've carried the pace of play. And I'm sure that GM Tom Fitzgerald is real happy that he kept on, that he kept Jesper Brass on, Jesper Bratt on board this year, 15 points in nine games. But I think really what you touched on with goaltending is important. Vanacek has had three solid performances in a row in the past week. He's only allowed three goals in those three games. So that's given the team a bit of confidence. Like you said, Blackwood had a couple of good ones before getting blown up against Washington. But mm -hmm. one of the, the one guy and I was watching yesterday against Columbus, Frank, that really stood out for me was John Marino. I thought he was awesome on defense. It's not just because he scored for the Devils. I think he's been really responsible this year. Like he's only had one minus game, first game of the year. Uh, I thought on both sides of the puck, he was really good. So, um, you know, I said earlier, this was an immature team at the start of the year when they lost three straight. They're saying immature things. They don't look like that any longer. They look like a confident team. They flipped the script, Frank. Do you think it's sustainable, the success that they've had? And do you think they can be a playoff team? With the age of this club, I'm not sure. I think they're going to ride the wave. I think the roller coaster is going to go up and down with streakiness. I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, I'd be a bit surprised by it. I still think they're a year or two away. What about you? I like the movement that you made behind there in your closet of fame, bringing the Devils jersey up closer into view. Uh, yeah. uh, pretty awesome. We haven't seen um, it in a while. But I, <laughs> I would say with this, with the talent that they have up front, if they could just get a modicum, like, like league average in that neighborhood of goaltending, that I think they're going to be right there in that conversation, playing meaningful games at the end of March uh, and knocking on the door of the playoffs. I see them as sort of like anywhere in between that 90 to 95 point range. Maybe it's enough to get in, maybe not. But between Brat, Heischer, Hughes, those guys, 
Uh, you see Dawson Mercer continuing to grow. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about with this Devils core. And I think you mentioned Marino on the back end. Some of those upgrades that they've made have made this team certainly more competitive. Looking forward to talking more Devils later today on the DFO Rundown podcast. I'll have uh, New Jersey Devils GM Tom Fitzgerald on. And so we'll have, have a full breakdown of the Devils start to the season. So look for that wherever you get your podcast. Mike, speaking of goaltending, let's talk about goaltending in this week's edition of the Blue Paint. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, Mike, it's time for some goaltending talk with the blue paint delivered by DoorDash. You see Stuart Skinner make the start for the Edmonton Oilers in the Battle of Alberta on Saturday night. Skinner's numbers have been off the charts good this season to start for the Oilers. What does that say about the future of the Oilers' crease moving forward with Jack Campbell in the first year of a 5 times 5 deal? Well, head coach Jay Woodcroft hinted that this was just feeling like we need to give Skinner the opportunity to play this game, keep both guys fresh, get them in the Battle of Alberta, uh, I think there was a little bit more than that. I don't think it was just keeping both goaltenders fresh. I think that Campbell has struggled a little bit at the start of the year. He's allowed goals from distance. Five or six games, he's allowed three or more. Like, you just need an extra save in these games. Now, his record's still fine. He's 4-2, but it's not quite there yet. I think that Campbell's still finding his footing as an Edmonton Oiler. And frankly, Stuart Skinner's just been so good that he deserved that start against Calgary. Skinner played the front half of the back-to-back -back against St. Louis. Uh, the team played Chicago the next night. Skinner was outstanding against St. Louis. Post a shutout, they go to Chicago, and Campbell allows five. So I, I think that right now what you're seeing is Skinner is still going to play a bigger role than most people realize this year. I think that Cam I think Campbell has plenty of runway left because the team's still winning, Frank. But I think if you're Jay Woodcroft, you look at your goalies and you're like, whoever deserves to play needs to hop in this net. I don't think he wants to give a free pass to Campbell just because of his contract. I think he does want both goaltenders to play. I think they also know that Campbell's ceiling is mega high. He can be a top goalie, but he's still kind of in his finding his footing there. So um, I think this plays out that Campbell eventually ends up gaining that net, but he's really going to have to earn it. That's, you know, music to the ears of Oilers fans who have basically been clamoring for a meritocracy and more, and more mm -hmm. minutes from Skinner for the last little while. They were unsure why he didn't play more last season. 
Let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets here carrying up the rear of the Eastern Conference. They're in last place. It's been a tough start for them. It's also been a tough start in net for Elvis Merz-Lincolns. He's allowed 17 goals to this point this season. Is there something off in his game? Yeah, it's those last three games he's allowed uh, a big pile of goals. And I, And right now, like I've been in his shoes on a team that really struggles. It's tough to skate out on the ice knowing that you're facing an uphill battle, but it's easy to try too hard. And I think that's what we're seeing with Elvis Merzlikens right now is that he's playing so far out into the white ice that he's constantly chasing the game. His feet aren't set for shots. He's sliding into things. And there were, you know, two goals last night against the Devils that were scored where Ryan Graves beats him clean on a shot above his shoulder. He's two feet outside of the crease and he has no time to react. So to me, he's not trusting his reactions. Goal early from Nico Heischer on the rush. He's... Merzlikens is sliding back into his net. He's moving to his right. His right foot's in front of his left foot. He's just not square and set. And the big thing for me, Frank, is that as this year's progressed with Merzlikens, his body language has gotten progressively worse and worse. Last night, all the goals go in against the Devils. Six, seven, and you're seeing it that even the first, second goal, he's just freaking out after goals against, man. And that's not how you play in this league. It reminds me of his first season where he didn't win until Christmas you got to find a way to be level-headed in the NHL. And I think right now, Merzlikens is just trying so hard that he's overcompensating and he's making his life difficult in the crease. Speaking of level-headed, that's been the approach from Marc-Andre Fleury after a couple tough starts to the year. He's now rebounded, and he picked up his 62nd career shootout win over the weekend, which puts him in first all-time. Aside from being uber competitive and you see the videos of him uh, practicing the shootout a lot in practice and going up against some of the best talent uh, in the league, going back to his time in Pittsburgh, what's made him so good in the shootout? Fleury's got a couple things that play into his game. The first is that he is pretty free form. You know, Frank, he's a guy that he can play the technical style of the game when he needs to, but ultimately his brain and his creativity can take over when, when called upon. And I think that makes him a little bit unpredictable. You know, players come in and they don't know if Fleury's going to hit him with the big poke check or if he's going to stack the pads or if he's just going to simply rotate and butterfly to his post. He's got a lot of tools in his toolbox. And and that unpredictableness for the shooter makes it a little bit more difficult because shooters tend to overthink everything when they face a goalie. They don't just stick to their best move. They try to beat the goalie with what they think will work on them. That puts the advantage in Fleury's hands. He's incredibly flexible. He's explosive. He can get to pucks that a lot of goaltenders can't just purely on the way that he's built. But I think at this age, he reads a game so well, and he's got all those different things that he can do. And, and I'll throw a little bit of numbers here. I mean, he's he stopped 74% of attempts in shootouts. 99 games, Frank. He's won 62 of 99 games. Now, compare that with, let's say, Jonathan Quick. He's been in 91 shootouts and stopped 68%. He's won 49 of 91. Like, you're looking at 10 or 15 points that Fleury's gained extra for his team over the years in the shootout just because of his ability. So it's pretty cool. I mean, now he's the shootout king in the NHL, of course, when it came in after the during the 2005-06 season. We've only seen, seen goaltenders since then. But look at the names, man. Fleury, Lundquist, Miller, Luongo, Quick. Pretty impressive list for Fleury to be at the top of. The shootout king, a pretty cool title to add to what seems to be a Hockey Hall of Fame resume. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Blue Paint. Thanks for to Mike for the analysis and information. This segment has been delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game Day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. 
All right, Mike, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Halloween, one of my favorite holidays. Halloween and Thanksgiving uh, doesn't get much better than that. And for me tonight, game three of the World Series in my hometown. Pretty excited. What an awesome holiday in general. Uh, I don't dress up much anymore, but when you look around, uh, I'd imagine that Halloween parties are some of the favorite time of year for NHL players. When you saw some of the costumes that appeared on social media and Instagram over the last couple of days, what was your favorite? Nick Paul, gold member. I love gold. Look at he's on the roller skates, Frank. This takes dedication and this takes planning ahead. There's no way he did the makeup himself. This this is unbelievable. Who's on your list? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to go with Yessa Pulleyarvi uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. Look at this. He's got his girlfriend in a plastic <laughs> bag. There's a lot of different ways we could go with this, but uh, the hair, the outfit, the shirt, and also the I don't races. know if you can... You, yeah, you can zoom oh. in or not, but the uh, the braces and the, what would you call that? The headgear from back in the day uh, that Pugliarvi <laughs> is rocking. It's uh, it's quite something. And just that goofy-ass smile that Pugliarvi has, like, to me, that is, like, it is on brand and perfect. The bison king. He brings it yet again. Yes, he is a special something. Yes, Pugliarvi, a number one fan favorite in Edmonton. Let's bring in our guy from Edmonton, Tyler Remchuk, for our daily face-off points bet daily bets segment. Tyler, how'd you do over the weekend? Uh, it wasn't a great weekend. I'm really excited, Frank, to just put October behind me. It was not a great opening month from a betting perspective, down just over four units right now. And I'm not even going to get greedy and try to get back to even on the last day of the month because, honestly, I don't love a lot that's going on in this slate. But regardless, I have a couple of plays, so let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with a little assist prop in the St. Louis-LA game. Braden Shen has been putting up apples like crazy this year. He's got seven of them in seven games. He's hit this in three of his last five as well. And the plus 110 payout going up against a Kings team that has kind of struggled to keep pucks out of their net so far this season. I think this is a really good spot. Shen plus 110 to pick up an assist tonight. And then we are going to the Detroit-Buffalo matchup where I don't love picking a winner here. I don't love the total either because Detroit kind of surprised me on Saturday when they went under with Minnesota. But what I do actually like in this one is taking the Dominic Kubalik shot prop where you can find it over two and a half shots, paying about plus 145. He's averaging over three shots a game this year. He's hit this mark in three of his last five. Plus 145 usually means an implied odds percentage of like 41, 42%. Okay, well, he's hit it in three of his last five. That's 60%. So I think we're getting some pretty good value there. So just two plays for me in a quiet night around the NHL, Frank. It's a Shen assist, and it's Kubalik over two and a half shots. I like that. If October doesn't go your way, don't try and chase it. We've heard that many a time from gamblers. Love the prudence by your part uh, in this case. So that'll do it for Tyler in our daily bet segment. He's going to crush it in November, I have no doubt. Mike, that brings us to garbage time. And what caught your attention? What caught your eye from around the hockey world? Well, it's all the Halloween costumes, Frank. And I enjoyed this as much as anybody when I was a player. And the only thing I didn't enjoy was nearly going to jail dressed as the macho man, Randy Savage, in a case of mistaken identity. And as you can see in this picture, I was very clearly the macho man, Randy Savage, as you can see by the Slim Jim and the, the writing on my forehead and everything. Uh, we had a little incident that year in Norfolk, Virginia, with the American Hockey League affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the cops showed up and they wanted Hulk Hogan. 
Hulk Hogan was going to go to jail and they thought I was the Hulkster. I was clearly not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and, you know, once the cops realized that they had the wrong professional wrestler, thankfully I was, I was let off the hook. Um, but it was a tense moment. Like I'm thinking, dude, I've never been to jail. I don't ever want to go to jail. I've got mascara in my beard. I'm going to the clink dressed as the macho What's man. What's going to happen to this slim gem I'm like, holding once I go to the jail? Is, is there any worse way to go to jail? Like, honestly, I couldn't think of one in the moment. So um, it's funny thinking back on it now. It's one of my favorite stories. And you know what? I'll probably tell the exact same story next year. So um, that's it. That's my Halloween. That's the greatest. But you, you didn't shed any light on why they wanted Hulk Hogan. What did Hulk Hogan do? Well, some of the guys got a little out of hand and they were throwing beers off the roof of this building we were partying at. And <laughs> one of them nearly hit a cop car. And so um, that That'll was really fun. It was actually... They walked in and they go, we want, we want the Hulk, we want Hulk Hogan, we want the Marshmallow Man, and we want the Giant Baby. And they managed to find the Marshmallow Man and the Giant Baby real easily. <laughs> but the Hulkster was a little bit lost, and, and the Pirate was on the periphery. But Pirate also got let off the hook. Hey, well, you ultimately got off the hook. I mean, you didn't even launch any beers as projectiles no. as cop cars, so... Why should Macho Man be punished? Uh, that's the way I feel. Uh, love Halloween, as I mentioned. Uh, safe trick-or-treating to you and your family uh, and to everyone out there watching and listening. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Face-Off Live. Happy Halloween to all. Thanks to Mike McKenna, Tyler Remchuk, and our head of production, Alex Allard. You know where to find us, 12 noon Eastern on Tuesday. We'll be right back with you. Until then, like and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Have a great Halloween, everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes 
because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.